another episode of the Granite List Live, where we discuss all things related to human capital and employee benefits. I'm Lee Dill. Joined by Gentry Hughes. He's the founder and owner of Copay Assist Rx and Keith Knowles, who's the VP of Sales. Guys, really looking forward to today's conversation. Excited about the topic we're going to address. For those that may not be familiar with Copay Assist Rx, you're a pharmacy cost containment company that works with self-insured employers who are looking to generate savings on pharmacy spend. And of course, who isn't these days? It's such a climbing expense for employers, but you also keep member disruption at a minimum and you're able to generate a savings of 25 to 40% for clients with your technique, which I know we're going to talk a little bit about in a minute. But can we start, let's kind of start high level and talk about the market and the market forces that even led you to to get into this universe and start Copay Assist Rx to begin with. Yeah, thanks so much, Sally. Really glad to be here. When I was thinking about kind of where we are today, it made me think back to when I first got into the business and working for an HMO and got into the healthcare space. And I was kind of thinking about, you know, how did that go when I was working with consultants, employers, talking about their health plan and coming at it from the carrier side? And it struck me that pharmacy was really a very small component of what we discussed. I mean, it was there and it was important, but it wasn't really something that people were wringing their hands about or that was a high cost item or that really took up a lot of oxygen in the conversation. And uh, I don't think that's a coincidence that in that time, there were only 30 specialty drugs on the market. So today we have over 500 specialty medications on the market. We've got 900 pharmacies that can dispense these medications. And over 50% for many employers of their pharmacy spend is specialty medication. So there's been a pretty dramatic change over the last two decades. And to just add on to that, it's not really going to change because the manufacturer pipeline for new drugs is really full of additional new releases of specialty medications. So this is a trend that's going to continue. So it's the new normal. Employers, unfortunately, have borne the lion's share of these increased costs. It's filtered right into their plans and right into the pocketbooks of their own employees because many of the employers have had to change you know, deductible and coinsurance methodologies to try to deal with this. Now, there's some other methods that have come along over the years to try and address this increase in price, prior authorization, step therapy approaches, condition management approaches to try to deal with the underlying conditions and behaviors that are leading to utilization of these higher cost drugs. But all in all, those results have not been what any of us would like. So at Copay Assist, we think that there needs to be another fresh approach to this. We want to support, coordinate with all these new approaches. But we think we have something that's a little bit different that can really make a big impact. So tell us about your approach and what's really resonating with the consultants and employers that you're speaking with. So I go back at least uh, over a couple of years ago when I really started researching the market, looking at the whole pharmacy environment and then drilling in on cost containment space in particular, looking to launch the company and, and fund it. And One thing that struck me was that the consultants and employers were far more informed and experienced around pharmacy cost containment solutions than I would have expected. And we've been seeing that over the last few years. So it's really good for us. We believe that consultants and employers are demanding higher performance now. They understand this space more. 
they're peeling the onion back further and holding groups like us more accountable. And that's really good for us. When we start a little bit later here talking about our approach, you'll see that there's some really interesting ways that we're differentiating in the market. Well, before we do that, I do want to peel the onion back a little bit. And can you help us understand what you mean by they're demanding higher performance and accountability? Yeah, well, so again, kind of digging into the market, I spoke to probably 40, 50 PBM owners and and managers and, and other stakeholders in the space. And there were really three big themes that kind of came out of those discussions. So the first was around transparency. Now, you hear a whole lot about transparency from PBMs, but transparency in our space is really important as well. When you really start to dig in to contractual points, how the service is deployed, how you measure things like savings, how you pay for services like ours. And there were just way too many inconsistencies and uncertainties with, at the time before we launched, the current group of service providers that provide cost containment solutions like ours. The second big theme was really around integration and collaboration. Again, repeatedly heard from the key stakeholders in this market that there was just this general lack of desire from our peer competitors and competitive organizations just to not integrate and not collaborate. And we just feel like that's just not the right approach. We feel like you've got to be integrated. You've got to collaborate with PBMs for the good of the employer and their members. So both Keith and I have a lot of experience in the entire healthcare environment. And so we're comfortable living in that space and we understand all of the interdependencies related to not only the healthcare plan, but the pharmacy benefit. And so that ultimately helps us provide a a better service and a better solution and ultimately less friction and disruption for the employers and for their employees and their families. And that kind of ties into the last piece, which is really about the member experience. So a lot of folks in our space talk a whole lot about member experience. It's not lip service for us. Everything we do as a company, every decision that we make is really guided by how is this going to affect the member and their experience. So if we talk about integration and being proactive with that integration dialogue, let's say with PBMs, then we ultimately can enhance and improve the overall employer and and member satisfaction in terms of driving down costs. So that's really what we're all about. I love that. Those are three buzzwords that we hear a lot when talking to employers and consultants. And you, you you mentioned you're not lip service. So tell us a little bit more about how this proactive approach of integration and collaboration really works and has a positive outcome for the clients that you serve and their members? Our primary focus is toward the employer and their members, but we feel like and we desire a strong collaboration with PBMs to really make that work. We feel like you've got to have good integration there and you've got to have a good relation, working relationship with the PBM. So we start there and we're very proactive. The PBMs are the hub of the pharmacy operation for self-insured employers. So 
we have to have that good alignment to be able to deliver high quality service. And again, to kind of deliver that great member satisfaction. So what's that mean? That means making sure that, you know, we have really good processes in place, that those are coordinated well with the PBMs, operational standards and the programs. That's super critical. And it's not only just systems and like data exchange, but it's, you know, procedures for handling member inquiries. I mean, if we get into the weeds, it's all about PBMs have call centers. We want to make sure that the member doesn't really get lost, that we're subject matter experts in terms of what we do. The PBMs want us to focus on that from a member perspective. So we work really hard to make sure we have really good lines of communication open with the PBM. So we're handling what we do, the PBMs handle what they do. And in the end, it's a really great experience for the employer and for their members. So from our standpoint, there's a genuine willingness to really collaborate and integrate. And that's resonating with our PBM partners. Keith, you want to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, let me add just a touch there because it really folds into member experience because good work on that component you just discussed, Gentry, sets us up for success and makes sure that our desire to have the best member supporting organization out there, it's a point that could fail. It's a point that we make sure that we're going to take care of and that it's successful and strong so that we can let our care managers do their work because the care managers are really the face of the company to the members that are utilizing these specialty and high-cost medications where our service is focused. So most of these folks are, they have pretty serious medical conditions. Some of them are pretty life-changing and a little bit of a stressful situation. So how we interact with them and how we help to work through our processes, but doing it in a way that's respectful and supportive of them is super, super important. So that's why we chose to kind of organize ourselves in a very specific way. We use an advocacy-based model for what we're doing. This is not a call center. This is an advocacy support mechanism that also has some things it's trying to accomplish to deliver the service. Within each of our clients, we have care managers that are assigned, and those care managers have specific members who have medications that we need to address, and those care managers stick with them from the beginning all the way through the process. So we don't shift people from group to group, from person to person, based on how our business process is aligned. We make sure that our care managers can handle all components of that business process so that they have a consistent contact and that that member can get comfortable. So this pays huge dividends in member satisfaction and loyalty and client satisfaction. And we hear about it. Our care managers routinely will forward things over to us where members are send them an email saying, hey, we really appreciate all the support you've given me. And this is a difficult condition that I have and it's expensive and my medications can be tricky and you really, really helped me. And that's the kind of response we want, because in the end, we are very confident we're going to be able to save our clients money. But we want to do that in the right way. And doing it in the right way means we've got happy clients and happy members. Sadly, across the country, customer service is such a a dying, it's a dying breed. So it sounds like you guys have certainly had a lot of success and made a lot of inroads in the self-funded market in particular. Can you tell us about some of the more innovative approaches you take? I'll take that. It does seem that our message is is getting through and and is being well-received. We're now approaching 100 employer clients in in the market, which is a little bit over 50,000 employee lives, and that's growing every day. And 
we're very grateful for the success we've experienced so far. As far as innovation is concerned, we're focused on three primary areas for our clients. This is really coming from the feedback from the market. We're super close to the market. And this is more of where the demand is coming from employers and clients. It's really around biosimilars, international mail order, and we'll talk a little bit about J-Code services. So first on biosimilars, super hot topic right now. A lot of discussion in the market around biosimilars, very early stages. But what we think is going to be a steady stream of new biosimilars hitting the market. Keith was talking about the pipeline earlier, tons of biosimilars in the pipeline. And so there's a number of highly utilized specialty drugs that are starting to lose exclusivity and they're subject to this new competition from biosimilars. So what we're doing is we're already out ahead of this, executing on multiple approaches that allow our clients to take advantage of the savings potential of biosimilars. So we think this is going to be a big part of our business going forward. We're investing in clinical expertise and support to be able to collaborate with not only the PBMs, but our client partners out there so we can help them stay ahead of the game from a cost containment perspective. The second area is is around J-codes, and this one's a, a little complex another area of innovation and opportunity. And there's been a recent increase in awareness and analysis of the effect of J-codes on our overall pharmacy spend. We're excited to see that the progressive consultants, and there's a normal distribution out there with consultants. And so we're starting to see some real progressive ones that are helping make their clients aware of these large medication spend that's represented by J-code medications. And those are basically medications that have been adjudicated through the health plan instead of PBM. So what we do is we work with, and right now we're actually working with two large TPAs and carriers to shift J-code medication from the health plan adjudication to the PBM, where there's multiple opportunities to generate plan savings. So it's very complex, requires a lot of hand-holding, tight alignment with carriers and TPAs, but it's leading us to more outreach and discussions with TPAs and carriers, which is a good thing. So if anyone is wanting to learn more around that area, we've certainly got experts and we're down the road and working and driving savings there. And then lastly, to date, we've been really successful deploying what the market would probably consider traditional pharmacy containment solutions. But we are seeing a big increase in demand and interest in what we think is an underutilized area for self-insured employers, and that's international sourcing or international mail order. So historically, there's been a bit of a stigma around sourcing medications from outside the U.S., just fear and concern of the unknown, so to speak, specifically with Canada. But we're seeing some new consumer interest in international sourcing predominantly due to the cost shifting and the higher costs that we've already talked about that many employers kind of just have to put into place. So we're seeing some renewed openness from employers and the consultant community when it comes to international sourcing as well. So 
to address this new demand, we partnered with world-class Canadian pharmacy to support our international mail order offering. Under the management of our clinical pharmacists that we have staff here in the U.S., we've created an international formulary, so we want to be super sensitive that we're doing the right thing around formularies. We've got about 700 specialty and, and high-cost brands on that formulary and have taken special care in the formulary development to make sure we're only importing medications that meet the standards of the FDA. Well, these are certainly interesting and challenging innovations that you're pursuing on behalf of all your clients. Can you give us a little bit more color, on, particularly on how the international sourcing aspect works? Yeah, sure. I'll take that. So for clients of ours that have shown an interest and elected to make a move toward utilizing international sourcing in their overall strategy for their pharmacy management, we basically utilize our care managers in the same way that we utilize them across our other services. They're supported also by our clinical resources and the formulary. So we basically are looking for members that meet the same criteria they do for other components. They're using a specialty medication. They're on a high-cost medication. And when international is there, it's just another option for us to be able to bring to the table to try to generate savings for our clients while maintaining the same clinical outcomes and same medication that the member's taking. So the care manager will just work through with the member on making them aware that there is an international sourcing option. And international sourcing is optional to the member. So the member can say yes, they can say no. So the care manager makes sure to inform them provide them options. There's usually a financial incentive. Should they request additional information, this may be a little more technical or clinical. We have clinical support resources to help with that. But in the end, what we're doing via the international sourcing option is we're providing the same medication at a lower cost. And the only real difference is, is that instead of that medication coming from somewhere like, say, Kansas City, because most of this is mail-ordered anyway, medications, that medication is just coming from a Canadian pharmacy. So once that process is completed and the member makes a positive election to switch to international sourcing, we manage that whole process. We make sure to get that prescription rerouted to our pharmacy, and that medication comes to the member directly to their home. And their care manager tracks, supports that whole process, and then stays with that member all throughout the process as long as they're utilizing that medication. So it's really in the end, once the, the decision is made, a pharmacy is fulfilling a mail order prescription that's delivered to the home of a member. It's just that it's come from a different point. Well, thank y'all both very much for sharing the Copay Assist Rx story, the differentiators, the fact that you work with other PBMs to facilitate the process and how you solve problems for employers and employees. If our audience wants to get in touch and learn more, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, we definitely love to spread the word about what we do and, and have as many conversations as possible. So, and I would say there's, there's a lot of constituencies that could be part of your audience here. So for employers, I would suggest your consultant is, is generally where we have the lion's share of our activity. So talk to your consultant about your interest in potentially learning more about Copay Assist Rx. And we'd love to work through the process with them. And, and part of that process inevitably leads to us analyzing, say, a 12-month claim file and coming up with what we think we can do as far as delivering savings for you as an employer. So you'll get some really good information there that spotlights your, especially your high-cost utilization and the effect that we think we can make. I would say also, 
other people in the marketplace. We're actively partnering as well. So we've mentioned PBMs here, but we're also partnering and looking to partner with other organizations like TPAs, captives, or other service providers where there's some synchronicity among what we do and what that company does. So we would encourage conversations there. So me as the VP of sales is a really great place to start. So you could uh, get to me at Keith at Copay Assist Rx. And I'm sure you guys probably will have some of my full contact information as well available as part of this podcast. Perfect. Well, thank you again. We are thrilled to feature you not only here on the podcast, but we're also proud that you are listed on the Granite List, which is, of course, the most trusted platform for searching and sourcing benefit solutions. So to learn more about that, you can go to thegranitelist.com. Thank you for tuning in for to today's episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live.